0: Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. You can go ahead and take a seat. Uh, good morning, my name is Daryl. I'm the pastor here at Arbor Bridge. Um, thanks for uh, being here this morning, uh, sharing your Sunday morning with us. Um, in the Bible study that my friends uh, Rachel and Lauren are leading um, here in our, in our fellowship hall, in our dining room, um, I am uncovering this, this itching insecurity in myself um, that keeps me discontent, uh, jumping from one thing to another, trying to fulfill, uh, fulfill myself with stuff and accomplishments. Um, discontentment in the form of jealousy and comparison and greed is making me sick. Uh, and so I, I'm learning that the way that God wants me to battle this kind of sickness is, is to have me invest in things that are bigger than myself. When I invest in things that are bigger than myself, it, uh, it solves, solves lots of that. If you're a member of our church family um, and you'd like to see our family continue and flourish, I'd love to ask you to invest in her. Um, you can invest in our church financially by by giving online at arborbridgechurch.com um, forward slash give. Um, you can also invest in our church um, via the mail um, by sending your investment to 2500 South Main Street in Ann Arbor. Um, and then if you're here with us in person, you can also, there's a little white uh, offering box, tithing box in the lobby that uh, is on a stand that you can, you can put your investment in. Um, you can also invest in our church family by helping out with something that we call church um, um, football parking. Um, and uh, during the University of Michigan football games. Uh, we charge fans to park their cars uh, in, in our parking lot, and we raise we, we use that money that we raise to kind of help our church exist and be the kind of church family we desire to be. So um, we need your help. Uh, we need a small crew of volunteers to do that. Uh, so the next game is uh, this coming Saturday, the October 29th, and we, we need some help for that game. It's actually going to be a night game, so we need to spread out the uh, the. The volunteer help for that you can you can sign up for that on our send of genius at uh, uh arborbridgechurch dot com forward slash football. Um, we'd love to have your help for that, and that would be great. Uh, I, before I share my message, I'd love to just pray with you, and then uh, share share a few thoughts. So let's let's, let's pray together now, uh, dear Father. Um, I, I pray for you, your Holy Spirit to do what I can't do. Um, I, can't, I can't communicate your greatness. I can't communicate the importance of who you are, um, but you can. Uh, and so use, use the small things that I can do here on stage uh, this morning and through my words, uh, use those words to, uh, to share who you are. Um, use uh, the songs that uh, Johannes and Elise Led, use whatever, whatever the interactions we have together today, um, every interaction use those things to to show how great you are and how valuable you see each of us in Jesus name, amen um, so uh, in last week's message, um, there's a part of it that I really struggled with, I struggled with God about God and I had a fist fight about um, and I, I didn't really want to talk about uh, talk about it so I left it out of the message um, and so uh, God kept bringing it back up to me. So um, I need to backtrack a little bit and, and share some thoughts with you. Um, uh, last week, uh, last week, we looked at a series of stories that Jesus told where he communicated urgency and the need to be ready. Uh, and, and Jesus is, is emphatic about this, this urgency that, you know, some of his followers, um, some of his followers might have said, you know, Jesus, I mean, what? What's so urgent? I mean, why are you? What's the big deal? He says, so you must, you also must be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Um, last week we said, you know, that, that the way that we're, we're ready is by making him our Lord, is by doing his will. Uh, he has trusted us with resources. Um, and the way that we're ready is using his resources to serve him and others. Lots of times, you know, all the resources that I get, I use for me and to do what I feel like doing. And to be ready, you know, we use our resources on others, on him. And the people who do that will be gloriously rewarded way, way, way past what we could understand or even experience here on earth, you'll be rewarded for your, for your willingness to invest your resources in his kingdom and not yourself. Um, The part that I struggle with is this, what happens if we don't do that? What happens if we're, if we're, if we're not ready and if the people that we love and have influence over are not ready, what happens then? In one story, Jesus tells us, tells of a servant who has been reckless um, in his, with his master's resources. And he's been cruel and he's been irresponsible. Um, and so Jesus says, when that servant's master returns, he will cut him into pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In another story, Jesus tells of, of women who are, who are in a wedding party waiting on the groom, but half of them are not ready when the, when the, when the groom shows up. So when the five women who, who were not ready when the groom shows up, they show up late to the wedding, Lord, Lord, they said, the, this, the, the five women who weren't ready, Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. The verse, that verse, that that verse troubles me because Jesus uses language like this in other contexts to refer to people who will not enter the kingdom of heaven. One more. Jesus tells a story where he says, when the son of man comes, he's going to divide, he's going to divide the whole world into two groups. Um, one of the groups is going to be invited into the kingdom that's been prepared for them before the worlds began. And the other group, he'll say this. Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Uh, very heartbreaking words, obviously. Maybe you can see why um, words I like to avoid uh, reading. <laughs> let alone saying out loud. Uh, last week when we talked about urgency uh, that God calls us to regarding his kingdom, I left out an idea. I did it because I don't like to talk about it. Um, but the truth is, is that it's a major reason why Jesus spoke with such urgency um, is that people who aren't, who aren't ready to meet him will, will not go to heaven. Um, In our culture, you know, in our culture, myself included, we we like to think, you know, heaven's a place that everyone gets to go. Everyone's going to get to go there except for the devil and Judas and Hitler. Um, And we we think that people don't really need Christ um, in order to come to the Father. And if we don't believe that intellectually, we believe that with our lives, um, we live with our lives. We live in silence as if people don't really need to be introduced to Jesus. Um, and whatever they come up with will be fine. Um, and, I, and again, let me, let me say this out loud. I hope that's true. If you're a Christian, if you love people, you should hope that's true. I hope that's true. I hope every person who ever lived gets to go to heaven. I hope that's true. Here's the problem. not what jesus says in matthew 24 and 25 jesus talks with all this urgency as as if something important is going to be missed if if people don't do or people aren't aren't hearing what he says he he talks about it with all this urgency and all this importance and all this so let me have you think about this let me have you think about this if everyone's going to heaven why all the urgency If everyone's going to heaven, why all the urgency? It would be like this. What if there was an airline, what if there was an airline that had a policy of waiting till every person who had booked a ticket for each flight to arrive before they took off? Like, like they wouldn't leave until every person with a ticket was in their seat on the plane. What We'll call them your time airlines. So... We the group of us we book tickets, we book, we, we book tickets for a trip on your time airlines to California for October 23rd at 2 30. We all get one of those buses, those little buses, and we all ride together to the airport. We get to the airport at 2. Now, anyone who's been to the airport, you know if your flights at 2 30, you don't arrive at 2. So we we arrive at two, and when I when we start getting on the bus, I start rushing you guys. I'm like, "Okay, come on, let's get it going, let's get it." And I'm 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 rushing you. I won't let you stop for snacks or go to the bathroom. I'm rushing you through the through the um, when you're trying to get your shoes on, your belt on, it's through security. I'm like, "Let's go, come on, come on, let's get going." And some of you are getting mad at me because you're like, "Dude, come on, I got to go to the bathroom. What's wrong with you?" And finally, one of you says to me, Daryl, they're not going to leave without us. Why the rush? Right? Why should we be urgent if they're not going to leave without us? When Jesus talks, he talks with all this urgency his urgency does not make any sense if everybody gets to go to heaven he says listen you can't live for you and for me you don't have the time you can't live you can't love your parents and yourself more than me you don't have the time he says, some of, he, he says to some of some of the people, he says, listen, sell all you have. You can't spend all your time taking care of all that stuff. You don't have the time. It's urgent. We got things to do. He he, he says to other, you guys, you, you have more money than other people. You've got to use all your money to serve other people. You've got to use your house and all the things you have to serve other people. We don't have time. It's urgent. All the urgent when he speaks with all that urgency, it doesn't make any sense he's urgent for a very good reason um, people will be lost without Christ so we are to use our words and our lives to communicate him and nothing is more urgent and nothing is more permanent and nothing is more eternal and nothing is more important um, <clears throat> It's estimated that 4.5 billion people in the world today are without Christ. One billion, of, 1 billion people of those people um, have never heard the gospel ever. So part of the point that Jesus' stories in Matthew 24 and 25 is to say, you know, to the ones who are hearing him, respond to my urgency. Respond to my urgency to care for others in my name. So we have this message to communicate of Christ, and if, if we don't, people will be lost. So in our culture, it's a very hard message to accept. Um, it's a message that deserves though all our energy and attention, uh, and we have to communicate it with how, you know how we live, and, and we have to communicate it through explaining clearly with our words, and we communicate it in in, in, in every way we can, coming alongside people, doing life with them. What, We've got to give our lives communicating the gospel as that urgent. So here, here's what Jesus wants us to communicate. Let, let me be clear about what I, what I think He wants us to say. First, all of us are guilty before God. Everybody is guilty before the Lord. So Matthew 25, and Jesus tells us, tells the story of the sheep and the goats. Um, he puts He puts the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. And to the goats, He says this. Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And to those on the right, Jesus says, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Um, I, I tend to act, I tend to act like the default for humans is, is that we all are on the right, like the default places for everybody to be on the right. And we have to do something really, really bad to end up on the left. But that's not what that's not what Jesus or the first generation of his followers taught. Um, early Jesus follower named Paul taught, wrote a letter to Roman Christians in the first century. He says this. He begins his letter by talking to people who who are sinful, sinful. Who are those people? Uh, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. People, um, Paul talks about these, you know, these simple, sinful people who had a chance to know God, but they refused to glorify Him with their lives. So, Jewish people, when they read this, this, you know, they read Paul's letter to the Romans, they would assume Paul would, have, you know, they would have been like, you know, Paul has to be talking to Gentiles or non-Jews. He, he can't, he's not talking to us we're not wicked we're not godless but people would have you know they wouldn't have assumed that Jews were godless because they were God's people Paul mentioned that people were wicked you know we all we all assume we're not wicked That the wicked wicked witch that's wicked but like that's not us Jews would assume that too but in Romans chapter 3, so to the, that, what I just read to you is in the early Romans, he gets to chapter 3, and he's like, okay, listen, if you guys are Jewish, and you're thinking that I'm not talking about you, let me, let me be clear, let me be clear. He says this, there is no one righteous, not even one. And Jews in the, in the audience, they're like, huh, what? There's no one who understands, there's no one who seeks God, all have turned away, they They've together become worthless. There's no one who does good, not even one. Paul is saying... Jewish people, Gentile people, non-Jewish people, all people, all in the same boat. Everybody's in the same boat. And the wrath of God is being revealed against wicked and godless people who are not righteous. So if you do your best to follow the law, that can't save you. If you do your best and you're really, really nice and to the poor people, that can't save you. If you're ignorant of God and haven't heard about the gospel, that can't save you. And this was... And let me... Let me say this. Again, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just being honest. That point's troubling to me, that your ignorance can't save you. It's troubling to me. How can you be held, how can you be held accountable for what you don't know? I, I, I want people's ignorance to save them. But and I need all of us do this with our with our worldviews. We don't take. We have a world view of something, and we never we don't follow it to its logical conclusions. But I want you to think about this for just a second. Consider this: if a person will go to heaven based on their ignorance, then the worst thing that we could do for them is to share Christ with them. (laughs) Like, that would only increase their chances of, of, of not going to heaven. I, I'm, I'm walking around minding my own business, and then you come along and say, hey, girl, let me tell you about Jesus. And I'm like, oh, thanks a lot. I was going to heaven before. That logic does not track, and if I'm honest, it also doesn't track. Let me, let, me, let me be honest about this. Here's, here's something else that doesn't attract with me. It doesn't attract uh, for me for God to send someone to hell for things they don't know or they haven't rejected. That doesn't make sense. I don't know how God's going to handle, handle this, but here's what here's what I here's here's what I have to go on. Here's what I here's, I don't know. Here's what I have to go on. <clears throat> There's no one righteous, not even one. And the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness. This is why Jesus is so urgent. This is why he demands an urgent response from us. And this is why he has this important message that he needs us to spread. And and then this, but now, listen, the righteousness of God, apart from the law, apart from being good, apart from you, apart from you doing anything, is revealed through faith in Jesus Christ to all, And all on all who believe. God made a way to make people right with him. And it has nothing to do with how well you follow the law or how nice you think you are or how kind you think you are or your ignorance has little has very little to do with you at all. God makes people right through their faith in Jesus Christ. And, and Jesus says, the, this, is, that's, this is the only way. We, we are lost without him. We are lost without him. That's why Jesus is so, 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 so very urgent. Jesus wants us to communicate. All of us are guilty before God, but God has made a way of salvation for the loss through Jesus Christ. So Jesus is, is, is urgent to communicate that to us. And he wants us to be urgent to communicate that to others. Um, and, and, I'm going to confess to you that I can't be that urgent. I can't be as urgent as he wants me to be. Just like, oh, struggling. I, I can't be that urgent. But he can help. He can help me. Give, Father, give us the urgency that you have for, for people. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This, this is what he wants this is what Christ wants urgently that, that everyone, everyone, everyone all people call on the name of the Lord to be saved but listen to this how, 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 how then can they call on the one they have not they have not believed in and how can they believe in the one on whom they have not heard and how can they hear without someone preaching to them and how can anyone preach unless they are sent let me read that again. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Pastor David Platt um, uh, you know, summarizes it this way. God sends his servants. He, he, he sends his servants to preach. People hear, hearers believe, believers call on the the Lord, and everyone who calls on the Lord is saved. I want you to look at this for just a second. Look at this, and I want you to think through, is there any place that we're in control of where this could break down? Is there any place in this plan that each of us are in control of that the plan could break down his servants preach his servants preach God sends his servants and I'm like yeah I don't know and the rest of the plan his servants preach don't imagine um don't imagine yourself up here doing what i'm doing when i say that imagine yourself building your life and your prayers and your resources and making sure that jesus christ is known god sends us and if we preach with our lives or preach with our our resources preach with what we have people will hear and we can't control if they believe but some will we can't control if they call, but some will. And if, if they call on the Lord, here's what we do know. They will be saved. I would love for us to walk out of here praying, asking, God, Father, give me the urgency for your kingdom that Jesus had in Matthew 23 and 24. Give me that urgency. To be honest, all all this flies in the face of my feeling, uh, you know, how I feel. Uh, I feel that since God loves everyone, he's going to let everyone go to heaven. But the truth is, the truth is that God does love. Everyone, far more extravagantly than we can come up with in our minds, far more extravagantly than any of us love any person. So you take how much you love whoever you love in your life, and he's way past that, way past that. And he proves that by sending his son, Jesus Christ. He demonstrated, proved his love to us while we were still whack, doing terrible things. In that moment, he died for us. God, the Father loves you far past your ability to understand, but he cannot, he cannot simply allow everyone to go to heaven because he feels like it. In, in the story that Jesus told about the women who were late for the wedding, when the door's locked and the women come late, when I read that story, I'm like, let them in! What's, What's wrong with you? They're late! Let them into the wedding! And that, that's, that's kind of my approach when I think about God letting people into heaven. Just what? Just open the door and let everybody in. Apparently, it doesn't work like that. We can get into a whole conversation about why it doesn't work like that. If you want to talk about that, let's talk about that. But apparently, it doesn't work like that because if it could, there would be no reason for Jesus to show up and come to this earth. It it, it can't work like that. God has invited. Every person to the party at the cost of the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us that there's no other way to the Father except through him. God's plan for people hearing that message is us. And there is no plan B. There's no like, well, if they don't end up doing it. Just us. Just us. So in a few minutes, um, we're going to take communion together. And it's a time of our worship service when Jesus followers spend time meditating on our rescue from wicked, our, our own wickedness and godlessness by Jesus Christ's life and death and resurrection. Um, so as we take communion together, if you haven't put your faith in Jesus, I'd ask you to do that today. I, I want to invite you into that. Um, I'd love to talk with you about that if I can help you with that. But if you're already a Jesus follower, during that time, during our time of communion, consider, consider what God has done for you through Jesus Christ. And consider if you're being responsible with the message that Jesus has been so urgent about. And would you pray this? Would you pray this? Would you pray this? And I, I dare you. Oh, my goodness. I dare you. Father, would you make me as urgent as Jesus is about this message? About people knowing Christ. Would you make me that urgent? Pray that as we take communion together. There is no time to waste. There is no time to waste. And everything is at stake. Let's pray together. Dear Father, Make me as urgent as Christ. Make me as urgent as Christ to share the message of the gospel. The gospel being everybody's guilty before God, before you. But you had generously and graciously made a way. Help me. Make me as urgent as you are for that message to be made known. I pray that you make our church, make each person urgent. Have the urgency of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.